Um, I did watch an amazing, uh, although it's adult, um, rom-com last night that I was skeptical of and I just kind of put on to put on. Um, and Pete ended up even enjoying and watching it, but it's called Long Shot. Oh, I want to watch that real bad. Oh, it was so good. You're listening to Love Ya, the podcast that takes you through everything that the wide, wide world of streaming teen rom-coms has to offer. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, teen librarian and YA lit enthusiast, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host. I'm Maren Higman, uh, adult adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. Uh, How are you doing today, Maren? I am I am doing pretty well. How are you doing, Martha? I'm actually doing pretty great after watching this thoroughly charming movie. Isn't it so great? I was afraid it was one of those because it it was a movie. Um, so, listeners, we, today we are talking about the 2005 a Disney classic, Ice Princess, um, which I was a little too old for um, to watch uh, as it came out, but certainly remember watching uh for with kiddos that I babysat um and I was afraid it was going to be way more terrible than I remembered but it turned out to be way more charming than I remembered I loved this movie it's so great <laughs> um so as mentioned so Ice Princess came out in 2005 it stars Michelle Trachtenberg, Joan Cusack, Kim Cattrall and Hayden Panettiere Um, It is about a young girl in, I believe, Connecticut, uh, Casey Carlisle, who is trying to earn a scholarship to Harvard. Um, As she conducts a science project to win the scholarship, um, analyzing uh, figure skating jumps, um, she starts skating herself, and with the help of her computer program and... Uh, Kim Cattrall's character, who owns a skating rink, um, and Hayden Pandentier, who is Kim Cattrall's character's daughter, who is a good skater, um, she actually develops um, to become a very good figure skater um, and has to decide whether she continues to focus on winning the scholarship and going to Harvard or pursuing skating more seriously. Um, the, the rom in this rom-com is provided by Kim Cattrall's son character, played by the very dreamy Trevor Blumis, um, who is the Zamboni driver and, um, cheerleader of Casey's, uh, skating journey. Um, yeah, and the tension in this movie is also surrounds um Casey's mom played by the wonderful Joan Cusack um who really wants her to focus on her studies and doesn't understand Casey's enthusiasm for figure skating um and this all comes to a head at the sectional competition where uh Casey flubs her first jump in her program um but 
recovers, um, and we see her at the end choosing to try and balance college and figure skating. Um, I think that's a, a rough summary, but yeah, this, this movie is delightful. Um, I, I do believe it did not perform very well at the box office, probably in part because they spent, I, I can imagine they spent quite a bit of money getting Joan Cusack and Kim Cattrall, um, on board because, you know, especially in 2005, those were pretty big name actresses. Um, but I think it was totally worth it because I feel like they imbue their characters with, um, you know, a really wonderful, both trying to shape and push Casey, but then, you know, also you, you see where they're coming from and that they want the best for her. Um, yeah, and, and Michelle Trachtenberg is very charming in the, in the role of Casey, um, Almost makes me forgive her for her annoying turn as Dawn in Buffy and as the, the heinous Georgina Sparks in Gossip Girl. If we were Oh no, no no no. She's heinous, but she's also wonderful. As oh. Georgina. Oh yes. really? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah no no that character that character is the worst but also i love her in that role oh yeah that's a that's a good way to put it um oh man yeah well, i wonder why why is it michelle attractive michelle trachtenberg and more things still that is that is sad yeah what happened to her i know right um, but anyway, you yeah. have seen this movie before, correct? Yes, but not for quite a long time. And again, as I, I mentioned in the beginning, mostly in the context of babysitting. Um, because I was, yeah, a little too old, I think, to to be interested in this movie at the time. Um, so, yeah, so, I, so I'd seen it long ago, but not well enough to remember it. And you had never seen this movie before, correct? That is correct, which is also wild because I figure skated semi-seriously as a teenager. Oh, I did not uh, know that. Yeah, until I was 14 and basically had to decide, um, did I want to be a serious figure skater or did I want to have a life? Um, but no, I wish i i'm sure i must have known about this movie i can't imagine that i didn't mm -hmm. but i feel like if i'd actually gone to see it i would have been obsessed with it <laughs> um no i thought it was great i did think it was a little bit wild that um casey uh michelle trachtenberg's character um skates for 10 minutes and then so, so the whole deal is that she uses physics to improve, like, to, like, crack the code of figure skating. So, you know, using physics, she knows, like, what angles and the force that she should be using. And all of these things allow her to basically um, make up for a decade of experience. And while I understand... The physics aspect, because yes, physics is very important to figure skating. It is wild to me that that also somehow takes the place of, like, muscle memory. Training, yeah. Fitness levels. <laughs> um, 
Well, and I think they try to not, like, hand wave that away, but they do establish that, like, she has some experience skating. Like, we see her in the very first scene skating on the pond next to her house. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's, so I, I no, think... That's she, not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, it is. it is certainly wild that, like... She yeah, <laughs> that she would but, just suddenly. But also, to be fully honest, I was on board for the like fairy tale of it all. Oh yeah, and I um, I think they did enough of a training montage that I was like, okay, I'll buy this a little bit. <laughs> Um, so it is also wild that Kim Cattrall is in this movie. Uh, yeah. And I think Sex in the the City was still going on when this came out. That that was going to be my next question is where does this happen compared to, um, like, where is she in her Sex in the City career? Because she, I mean, she and Joan Cusack are both A-list stars at this point yeah oh okay i guess i misspoke i guess sex in the city had just ended i for some reason thought sex in the city went through 2006 but i guess it only went through 2004 um so it was between the original series and the movies um but i i enjoyed her she plays a a coach who you find out has sort of a disgraced figure skating past um, and is clearly kind of, you know, living vicariously through her daughter's success um, to the extent that she I actually. So the scene where she buys the new skates for Casey yeah how did we feel about that because the movie is clearly setting it up to be a sabotage for her so she buys her a new pair of skates because casey's skates are terrible um and then she puts them on and chokes her long program because like you can't you can't wear a new pair of skates without breaking them in and it's like well yes but also Her old skates were so bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that moment was tough. And I I think they did a nice job of, like, Casey not forgiving her right away. Um, And her, like, explaining her thinking. Um, Yeah, because I can understand... I mean, both these things are true, that Casey needed new skates, but they should not have happened at that moment, and her choosing to give her them at that moment was definitely an act of sabotage to help um, Hayden Panettiere's character um, retain her place so she could move on to the next level. Which, Uh. sidebar, she ends up giving up anyway, because she's like, I want to be normal. Yeah. (laughs) Which was... So it all turns out to have been pointless. And I, I liked that Hayden Panettiere's character, like, 
also does not forgive her immediately. True. Um, but yeah, I think it fits with, I, I liked that Kim Cattrall's character, like, was both, you know, somewhat of a mentor figure, but was also very realistic about this is what it's going to take. This is what you have to commit. Like, my way or the highway, basically, if you if you really want this. Um, and I, I think that was a really, you know, a really interesting way to do that character. Like, she wasn't just a, like, fluffy fairy godmother. True. Um, yeah, she does not just arrive to lift Casey, um into the echelons of figure skating. Um, it was interesting for me to watch this movie in light of the fact that Nathan Chen, Olympic gold medalist figure skater, is currently also a student at Harvard and oh. arguably one of the top male figure skaters or possibly arguably the best figure skater in the world right now, male figure skater in the world right now. Mm. So there was there was part of me that was definitely you can have both. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and um, I like that that's the conclusion they reach is true. Um, okay, let's find a way for her to have both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I liked, I mean, similarly to, you know, the development of Kim Cattrall's character, I, I really like the development of Joan Cusack's character. Because um, she also goes from... No, you must only be this one thing to, okay, let's find a way for you to balance these. Yeah, and I also, I liked the, I think I liked the realism of her character along with the realism of Kim Cattrall's character. Like, this movie is a straight up and down fairy tale. So it was nice to have somebody have a couple of characters in the movie where it's like, oh, I know that person. Like, Joan Cusack is a very recognizable, I mean, they're both very recognizable helicopter moms in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joan Cusack is very like, I didn't get to go to Harvard. So, well, oh, shoot. So as I'm talking myself through it, both of them are... I didn't get this thing, so my kid is going to have it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, the the conversation with Joan Cusack and Michelle Trachtenberg, when she's like, when, when Joan Cusack says, I didn't get to give you everything I wanted to, and Michelle's response is, you gave me everything, to which Joan Cusack says, then you have to give me something felt very real to me yeah because on on the one hand it's like i want teens to be able to decide what they want but on the other hand like i i get that from from the mom oh yeah you absolutely get where she's coming from and i like that they didn't make her into like a bore like she wasn't being controlling just to be controlling um no, the only the only scene where that kind of 
started to creep in is at the Harvard, like, oh, yeah, meet and greet. Yeah. Yeah, she does try to keep Casey from going. Yeah, I also did not enjoy her saying, like, I would scream if I saw you put on a skating costume. It's like, the skating costumes are not that bad. <laughs> you no. can calm down a little. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. They are nothing scandalous. Yeah. That was a little bit like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. But I loved, actually, probably my favorite scene in this movie is actually between Joan Cusack and Kim Cattrall, where she choose Kim Cattrall out for, even though she doesn't agree with Casey's decision to try to skateboard, or skateboard, good lord, I need more coffee, to figure skate (laughs) uh, competitively, she choose Kim Cattrall out for sabotaging her. Oh, yeah. Like, she's she's fully there, fully there in that moment for Casey. Yeah, and I thought that, yeah, that was such a nice moment. Um, Yeah, what did we... So I think we can agree the mobs were probably the best part of this movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I did... I also enjoyed the other girls that she skates with. Oh, okay, yeah, that's just what I was going to bring up. Yeah, how do we feel about Hayden Panettiere and the jumping shrimp... What was her actual <laughs> name? Nikki? <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, like I said, I skated semi-competitively. I never got, I was never super serious about it because um, I wasn't, I I, I don't know, that that's like a topic for a whole other podcast. Okay. Um, But I skated with all those girls. Like, I enjoyed that because I knew them. (laughs) Um, So I can, you know, look at how they they were characterized and be like oh yeah that's you know that those are the teen girls that are in this sort of um middle range like serious enough to be going to competitions but you know maybe aren't gonna go to the olympics um i I kind of wish that we'd gotten either more or less from their parents. Yeah. We get them in this kind of, they just, the, like the parents of the other girls just sort of show up to be um, like crazy competition parents. And I didn't really need that, I guess. So I, I think I either would have enjoyed um, more depth from them or just not bother to put them in the movie at all. Yeah, I think there were supposed to be moments of comic relief. Um, And maybe also showing for Casey how, just how seriously you need to take these things if you do want to pursue this seriously. Um, That's fair. But, yeah, but yeah, they were a little jarring, like the jumping the jumping shrimp's parents were were a bit obnoxious um but that I, was that was bizarre yeah and that like the she almost gets in a altercation with the skater from a different club and her mom has to come back her out of it basically um but 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that those were definitely some of the moments the movie felt most caricature-y. Um, I did enjoy that the other skaters were, for the most part, supportive. Like, we don't, we only really get, like, mean girl skater from the, the one that doesn't skate on the same rink as them. And even she ends up, like, she's the one who lets Casey know, no, you're not supposed to skate competitively on new skates. Um, mm-hmm. So even though she's presented as, like, the mean girl, she still ultimately ends up helping Casey. Um, yeah, but yeah, I really liked how they portrayed Hayden Pantier's character in this that they you know we first see her being the popular girl inviting Casey out to a party you know almost I think she's dressed up in something that looks like a cheerleader uniform almost um and so you really go into it thinking oh she's gonna be Casey's nemesis she's gonna be you know the mean girl and then they end up becoming good friends um and she ends up helping Casey um, and kind of helping Casey get out of her shell socially. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I think Hayden Pantier is delightful. Um, I think she's another actress who should be in more things. Um, I agree. I thought she was very cute. Yeah. I, yeah. I have seen some of Nashville, which I think was her most recent thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much she's done since Nashville. Um, and she should, yeah, she should be in things because she's very charming. <laughs> um, so the rom part of this rom-com was actually more present than I thought it was going to be. Same. I did not remember how much time we spent with Teddy and his adorable cinnamon rollness. Yes, so Teddy is Hayden Panettiere's brother, who also runs the Zamboni at the rink, um, and shows up a lot in the beginning to tell Michelle, or to tell Casey, um, whenever she's doing something that is incorrect as far as rink etiquette goes. Like, at one point, she gets on the ice while he's still operating the Zamboni, um, (laughs) Because she's never skated on ice that's smooth before. And he's like, what? He is rightfully like, what are you doing? Uh, this is very dangerous. Yeah, you, you cannot um, do this. But also he shows up to be very cute and supportive of her. Um, there's not There's not ever a whole lot of drama between the two of them. And I was okay with that. I think I was very happy letting the drama just sort of be about the skating rather than also having an additional like will they won't they or she was mean to him and now he's mad at her yeah i like yeah i like that the conflict came from her skating not from you know they just like each other and it's great (laughs) yeah i i feel like there's a version of the story where they start to get involved earlier in the movie and then he gets mad at her when she like blows him off for a skating obligation or something. And I was like, you know what? I didn't need it. I'm glad they didn't do it. Although this actually, um, 
so this the story, not the screenplay, but the story of this movie is by Meg Cabot, who wrote The Princess Diaries and wrote a number of other teen romance rom-com books um, that I read when I was a teen. And I, I think that was one of her hallmarks, is that she was always very much like, the heroine has things going on, and the dudes are just kind of there to be nice. Um, well, that is not true in The Princess Diaries. Or at least it's not true in the movie. I haven't read the book oh, in long enough. I, it is I don't very, remember it. Yeah, it is very true in the book. Like, in the book, oh, Michael okay. is just nice and around and has a crush on Mia. And they just haven't figured out that they each have a crush on each other. Um, oh, but there right. is none of that drama of Mia... Um, ditches him and they have a whole no it's all very much like they just there's just they just don't know that they have crushes on each other but no michael's just there and around and nice um this aim is also true with the mediator series um which was her other big series besides the princess diaries um which actually the heroine falls in love with a ghost um who again well done yep yep who again is just like a nice ghost dude who hangs around and helps her solve mysteries. Um, and then eventually they find a way for him to become human again. It's, I think, very much Casper wish fulfillment. Yeah, so I, I think that is a hallmark of um, Meg Cabot's, which I, I wish I like. I think that's a nice, like, inversion of a lot of teen rom-coms. Yeah, it lets you keep the romantic aspect while also allowing your character to be more than just her romantic interest. Yeah, and to, I think, also model healthy relationship dynamics mm -hmm. for teens. Um... I feel very strongly that if Casey's physics videos and tips were as good as the movie wants me to believe that they were, um, she could have been selling them to figure skaters for a lot more money <laughs> than she was. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, you've cracked it. You've replaced every coach. It's like, this is the skating version of Moneyball. <laughs> Where's Brad yes. Pitt? Somebody call him. <laughs> um, no, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that she... I, I, I think the idea was that they, the other girls were paying her a fee for those tips, but which she then was able to pay for her ice time for. Yeah, I got that sense. And then they were also train, like giving her some pointers on like more the artistry elements of figure skating okay yeah because we do get a few moments where hayden panettiere seems to be coaching her um yeah she has no coach yep um but yeah i think largely it's all right pay me for this data and i will use that money to buy ice time i was also very charmed by the the graphic the user interfaces on her computers Oh my goodness! I love it when I love it when movies have technology in them. <laughs> oh, and it was so dated. It was lovely. It was like, oh man, this is absolutely what they thought in the mid aughts. 
like cutting edge technology was going to look like. Well, any other any other thoughts that we have? Uh, what did you think of her um, final performances? Oh yeah, I thought those were great. Um, I I mean I definitely don't know a ton about figure skating. I know like the names of the jumps and stuff, um, but that's about it. But um, yeah, I thought they were I thought they were great. What what did you think as someone who has a little more knowledge of how figure skating actually works? Well, I thought that they they serve the narrative. They are lovely performances. I have a couple of nits to pick. Um, so Kim Cattrall has a conversation with Hayden Panettiere earlier in the movie about not deviating from your program. So basically that means like you have your choreography and she doesn't want she doesn't want Hayden to change the choreography. She wants her to skate it as she practices it. The reason for that is because being in time to your music and like rhythmically being um, like having it be rhythmically cohesive and on time and all of that, all of that goes into your score. So if you change something, if you alter it from the way that you've practiced it, there's always a chance that it won't fit or it won't look as good. Um, and basically changing your choreography is like not something that an inexperienced skater would have a lot of success with. Mm. So I understand that it was supposed to be a moment of victory when Michelle Trachtenberg first flubs she flubs her first jump in her long program at the end of the at the in the last performance so she inserts a different triple at a different moment in the program which the movie comments on but also I'm like mm. <laughs> someone who's been skating for 10 minutes this would probably throw off their whole program I don't know I and I get it. It's a it's a fairy tale, but I, I had I had some issues with that play. Also, that nobody knows she can jump a triple tells me that she hasn't been practicing it. So, would she? Now we're getting back into the like, you know, physical capabilities, not just um, like not just knowing what the physics are, but having the fitness capabilities mm. it was it was an ending that i understood what the dramatic effect was but the realist in me was a little <laughs> bit like <laughs> but i mean did it suspend your disbelief in the moment sure <laughs> Immediate. Well, actually, the moment that Kim Cattrall says, did you know she had a triple? I was like, wait, if nobody has seen her practicing this, she, she, you can't land it. You can't land it if you've never done it. <laughs> Welcome to my new podcast, Yelling About Figure Skating. <laughs> uh, you can go right along with Jonathan Van Ness's Instagram page, which is all Yelling About Figure Skating. Yeah, I think we're into um, worlds right now. Oh, is okay. what's happening in figure skating. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm only sort of peripherally keeping track. Um, uh, side note that Pete, you can probably cut this out. 
Um, you know who else is super into figure skating and tweets about it a ton? Who? Is Courtney Milan. Oh, yeah. I follow her now. Yay! Great decision. Although I think she's on a, a mostly Twitter hiatus now for understandable reasons. Oh, completely. Um, but yeah, she has in the past tweeted quite a bit about figure skating. So I feel like I have, I have learned some things from her. Um, but yeah, the performances themselves I thought were lovely. I, I always appreciate it when um, figure skaters use program music that has words. I think it's fun and it doesn't happen very often. Um, I thought it was hysterical that uh, one of the one of her rink mates, the, the the small one, does her routine to tango music that gets used a whole lot. Um, so that was just very funny and also felt very true to life. Like, oh yeah, people use this this program music like constantly. Um, <laughs> I, I would be very interested, I did not do any reading about this, but I'd be very interested to know who did their own skating and who they yeah. brought for. Yeah, let me see if I can find anything out about it. Especially um, Hayden. Hey, so if you start typing, did Hayden Panettiere, it autofills, did Hayden Panettiere skate in Ice Princess? Oh, that's hilarious. So okay. what is answer it looks like michelle trachtenberg trained for eight months to skate um she had she had stunt doubles to handle the falls and some of the complex moves um although she did learn some moves that um could not be done with a stunt double i'm not seeing anything about hayden pantier though I think, so I'm looking at eight things we didn't know about Ice Princess. So, you know, accuracy is questionable. But it does say that, Pan that uh, Panettiere did most of her own skating for the film, uh, barely utilizing a stunt double even for difficult difficult spins. So oh, it looks wow. like she actually did her, own, um, did her own stuff. Oh, also on this list, Tina Hardwood, Kim Cattrall's character, is a subtle reference towards Tanya Harding, a former figure skater. Oh, which uh, actually puts her career-ending incident into a different light. Yeah, I kind of was picking up on that uh, Tanya Harding vibe. Yeah, so at one point, um, Casey asks her what happens, and she says that she accidentally ran into another skater. And now it's like, ooh, no, you didn't. You ran her down. Um, but yeah, she gets... Uh, suspended and then I think banned from competing yeah and she she does talk about how like she regrets making a choice to run into the other skater so it did seem deliberate yeah yeah uh any final thoughts on ice princess um this movie is great and not just for watching it with children you are babysitting <laughs> it did feel it did start to feel a little long to me yeah. i did um but honestly it's under two hours so i forgive it <laughs> uh would you recommend that people yeah we yeah i i think it's i think it's pretty clear we both enjoyed it we both recommend it it's streaming on disney plus um yeah go check it out uh yeah, what 
what else would you recommend for folks who enjoyed this movie? So normally I enjoy giving people a recommendation that is in a similar vein to whatever we just experienced. However, today I'm going to break the mold a little bit. All right. Um, speaking of Courtney Milan, if you are invested in romance, the romance writers world at all, you have probably heard about what's happening with the romance writers of America. We may even have talked about this a little bit on our last show. I don't remember. Um, but I, in solidarity with Courtney Milan, I have been reading her brother's sinister series for the first time ever. Yeah. And they are, they are an utter delight. Which one are um, you on? I am halfway through the heiress effect. So I'm only right. on number two. Oh, I'm so excited for you to read The Countess Conspiracy. Yeah, so number one is The Duchess War, which I just found utterly delightful. Uh, These books so far seem to feature men and women who are convinced that they will not be able to have the thing that will make them happy. Um, And then they get that thing, and it's delightful and also a little raunchy. So, you know, great fun is had by all. she writes in, uh, is it like Victorian period? Uh, yeah, I, I do or believe Regency? the, uh, Regency. yeah, I do believe Courtney Ballon more focuses on the Victorian era. Um, but her, but her books feature characters of color and yeah. like, I, I don't know if she has any queer characters, but I just met. Um, a character in The Heiress Effect who is an Indian man studying at Cambridge, which I think is fantastic. Like, I I get so tired of European historical fiction that only has white people in it. And, yeah. Yeah, there will definitely... I can't remember if... There there definitely will be queer characters in that series. There are quite a few queer characters in... Um, the Worth Saga, which is her newer series, um, I think pretty much all of her books. And she she has basically been open about, yep, I am making at least one of the main characters in all my historical fiction queer. Um, so, yeah, so the... The Brother Sinister series definitely has those, but um, even more so in the Worst Saga. Uh, yeah, they're great. Um, I the third one is I have already mentioned is definitely my favorite. I really enjoy the Duchess War and the Heiress Effect. I actually enjoy she has a little prequel novella um, called something something the Governess. That's really great. Um, but yeah, but the the third one in the series. The Countess Conspiracy is definitely my favorite um, and is centered around a female scientist who has had to hide her work. Um, and it's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, so if you enjoy the she can have it all aspect of Ice Princess, that's my connecting, that's there you my go. connecting material. <laughs> uh, then, then check out um, the Brother Sinister series by Courtney Milan. Yeah. Uh, what What would you recommend for our listeners? Um, so I'm going to go with a little more um, traditional recommendation, if only because Martha has heard me talk about this movie a whole bunch. I don't think we put those segments on air, but I talk about this movie a lot, so I feel like I can't, 
you know, I would be off-brand to recommend anything else. But if you enjoy this movie, you definitely need to watch the 1992 classic, The Cutting Edge, um, starring Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney, which is about an Olympic figure skater um, and a hockey player who end up um, needing to uh, do a double routine um, at the Olympics and fall in love. Um, and it's just great. It's just great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, The Cutting Edge. Um, someday so- I'm someday I'm just going to take a day off of work and watch everything that you have ever recommended <laughs> that I have not seen. Oh, so far, so far we're up to a we're we're doing a double feature of some kind of wonderful in the cutting edge. <laughs> uh, both great choices. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, they're they're delightful movies. Um, both of them, um, and I think both movies that are a little underrated. I don't think they quite got the attention they deserved so i'm glad i'm glad that my my recommendations are are carrying that level of weight and now i'm a little afraid that if you two watch them you're not going to enjoy them as much as i hope you all (laughs) well as my therapist says we are only in charge of our own feelings we cannot control other people's experiences so do not fret fair enough do not fret Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, If you would like to follow our show, please subscribe. Um, You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, um, basically anywhere you would normally get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow us online um, on all... I should back up real quick and say that we share our all of our feeds, including our release feed with our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework? So you're going to be able to find us wherever you can find that show um, on social media. That means looking for DYDYH podcast. Um, and it means looking for Did You Do Your Homework on all of those podcast places. Um, Marin, where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, if you enjoy uh, reading a whole lot of tweets about romance novels, um, and then usually also maps in the state of Minnesota, um, you can find me at Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, uh, where I tweet a lot about those things. I'm always here for your Minnesota content. Well, thank you. Uh, you can find me at all the places um, at Magical Martha. Uh, including my newsletter that I publish whenever I feel like it. Um, I have a draft that I started that is mostly yelling about the Oscar nominations, but I'm honestly already kind of bored of that, so I may just move on to something new. Um, But you can find that at tinyletter.com backslash magicalmartha. Join us in a couple of weeks when we are back with our next episode where we will be discussing the Netflix original After and unpacking all of the different layers of that movie. (laughs) There there will be a lot of content to unpack, I am sure. Oh yes, a lot to discuss there. Um, But in the meantime, uh, thank you for listening and just remember, we love ya.
right. Woohoo! Yes, I'm glad that we did two movies that I enjoyed before a movie that I (laughs) am skeptical about. Yeah, yeah, we got a nice little respite there. 